As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, welcome back to the latest edition of Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber coming to you at the ripe time of 1.25 in the morning from the Lambeau Field Press Box. A couple hours after the Packers' 41-25 win over the Bears, and it wasn't really even that close. I know a 16-point game isn't particularly close anyway, but again, the Packers allowed the Bears a a couple late scores, but the, the Packers really dominated this one from the jump. And this Bears defense isn't, you know, a bad defense. They didn't have Akeem Hicks, but... Um, the Packers dropped 41 points on them. Aaron Rodgers reminding everyone, and I know a couple of us wrote about this tonight, that he's right up there in the MVP race. Um, Devontae Adams, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard all getting touchdowns. Bill, was this the Packers' best offensive performance of the season, do you think, considering the opponent? Yeah, I think it was pretty clearly the best one. You, you look at the first half, it was... It was flawless. They had the ball three times. If you get rid of that give up series in the half, they scored three touchdowns. They converted all but one third down, and then they converted the fourth down on that one. Um, Riders was flawless. They didn't, there was no sacks, no penalties, no tackles for losses. It was it was a phenomenal first half, and you know the second half was pretty good too. This, you know, we talked about it in the past, Matt. About is, is this offense for real? Because they played a bunch of crappy defense as well. Pretty clearly, it's for real because they played the Colts. In the Bears last two weeks and flipped both those teams up. I thought today was just a masterpiece. Yeah, it, it was really amazing how they did it today because, like you said, we saw last week against the Colts, they scored 28 in the first half and go silent in the second half. But the number of ways they're able to attack defenses is what I think makes them probably the favorite to to reach the Super Bowl in the NFC. You can make an argument for the Saints, obviously, but you know, the Packers hadn't run the ball well the past couple weeks, and today they ran for 182 yards. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both got 17 carries. Jones ran for 90 yards. Jamal ran for 73 and a touchdown. Then, like I said, Tunyon, Adams, EQ even had a couple catches. Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, Jay Sternberger, Aaron Jones. MVS didn't even have a target, and, you know, they don't need their number three wide receiver and their number one deep threat to have a big game for this offense to to run on all cylinders. And what amazed me was how open people were. This wasn't like Rodgers was throwing into tight windows. 
you know, Tunyon was wide open. Alan Lazard was wide open. Um, Lewis was wide open on his touchdown. The play calling clinic and the schemes and plays that Matt LaFleur was drawing up today, you know, he just dominated Chuck Pagano. And and Rodgers talked about it after the game, the plan, the plan, the plan. And, you know, Rodgers is going to get most of the credit for things that happen in this offense. But how much does LaFleur deserve for what happened tonight? You You know, I'm glad you said that. I just was writing a story before we hopped on the air here. I believe Rodgers was asked 12 questions tonight, seven times. He talked about the game plan or the coaching or the scheme. We didn't ask him about it for the most part. He just kept coming back to it. You know, you asked him about guys being open. It was the scheme. You talked about the offensive line. Yeah, they blocked well, but it was a scheme. You know, I my memory's not so good, but I can't remember Rodgers ever doing this with McCarthy. Not not seven times in a year, never mind seven times in a game. It's remarkable. <laughs> Rodgers, it's funny. You know, everybody thought, well, not everybody, but you know, the, the a lot of the national people thought this Rodgers Lafleur thing would be a disaster because Rodgers is going to run rough shot over this young coach and yada yada yada. Um, that is clearly not the case. Um, this is exactly what Rodgers needed, and I, I believe he were used the 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 uh, the phrase that it's a bl- it's blossoming and it is it just seems seems to be getting better and better every week. And we asked Rodgers, you know. Or I think it was Rob who asked Rogers, you know, where does this season compare to what you've done in past seasons? And obviously 2011 and 2014 were his two MVP seasons. And he said, you know, it's so tough because they're different offenses. Uh, But he said, you know, he feels really comfortable in this because of this offense, because of LaFleur and because of his offensive line. I mean, this team has the best pass blocking offensive line in football. And it's remarkable um, given the amount of movement they've had on the line. And tonight, David Bakhtiari was the only starter to not be injured or switch positions. I mean, Corey Lindsley goes down with a knee injury and misses more than three quarters. He's been probably the best center in football this year. Elton Jenkins moves over to center for the second week in a row. Rookie sixth-rounder John Runyon Jr. comes in at left guard. Uh, Lucas Patrick goes down late with a toe injury. Billy Turner slides over to right guard. And Rick Wagner comes in at right tackle. Bakhtiari said it after the game. Billy Turner basically rendered Khalil Mack useless. And Khalil Mack is in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. That's incredible. Coming into this season, if you had said who will win a matchup between Billy Turner and Khalil Mack, I would put my mortgage that I don't have on <laughs> Khalil Mack. I mean, this this offensive line is tremendous. And, and LaFleur said that, He's never seen anyone play football better than Rodgers is playing right now. And I'd have to, you know, I, he coached an MVP in 2016 and Matt Ryan. But a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Because if you give, you know, if you give any quarterback this much time, they're going to play well. Obviously not as well as Rodgers. But week after week, how amazed are you by what this offensive line does, especially with all the moving parts they've had? Khalil Mack, three assisted tackles tonight. The Bears, had no, the Bears had no sacks, one tackle for loss. I believe that was on a passing play, actually. No quarterback hits. Is Billy Turner the unsung hero of this whole team? Because, you know, I thought, I didn't think he was very good at right guard last year. And, and you no. generally, you, you take you take a guard and move him to tackle. How the hell is that going to work, right? But, man, oh, man, he's been really good. I mean, he's, he's far exceeded anything I thought he'd do. And Rogers said this tonight. I thought it was a funny quote that he had. Um in 10 out of the 11 games the Packers have played this year, Rodgers has been sacked zero times or once. That's incredible. 
And three of those games, he's been sacked zero times. Seven of them, he's been sacked once. The only time he's been sacked multiple times was against the Buccaneers um, in week six in that 38-10 loss when he was sacked four times. But he said, you know, as an almost 37-year-old, that's my dream. He said, I don't feel like an almost 37-year-old when I go home every night after games because of how upright these guys keep me. And he turns 37 in 30 days, has no... Okay, so he turns 37 in two days. He'll turn 37 on Tuesday. Um, and, And, you know, that's the best thing Packer fans can hear is that their 37 year old quarterback doesn't feel like it because of how uh, clean his offensive line is keeping him. And and if they keep that up, like you said, it, the, the theme was the theme of the LaFleur era was they can't handle dominant defensive lines. It was the chargers and 49ers last year. It was the Buccaneers this year it was the Colts in the second half this year. And the, the same could have been said about this Chicago Bears team. Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, Trevathan, Khalil Mack. I know Noah Akeem Hicks, but uh, Bilal Nichols. Like, they have a good defensive line, and the Packers just, just dominated up front. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, Switching to the defensive side of the ball, what do you think about the defense tonight and, you know, touch on a couple guys in Darnell Savage and Preston Smith who haven't done much this season but came up huge tonight. You know, the defense gets hammered in our, in our, fan, in, in our listener questions, by the way. But, um, <laughs> look, they give two garbage time touchdowns. They had three, turnover, three turnovers. They scored once. Look, I've, re- I've realized who they're playing. Mr. Biscay's not a good quarterback. I mean, <laughs> we're, we sit next to each other tonight. I mean, it's like, good heavens. I mean, we're just kind of giggling, giggling a few times at Trubisky's throws. But He's not very good. He's not very good. Um, but you can, you, you can only beat the guys who are across from you. And I, I thought the defense, again, was really good. I Again, if, if you get three turnovers, that gives them eight in four weeks. If you, if you do that, coupled with the soft lines, you're going you're to win a lot of football games. And so I... Maybe I'm in a minority. Maybe I'm missing something. And I'm not making these guys out to be the the Steel Curtain or the '85 Bears or, or you know, even the 2000, you know, the the 2010 Packers that won the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm not saying the the Packers are that kind of defense, but they're not awful. <laughs> which which is a backhanded <laughs> compliment. But what the hell? I, I, I mean, but <laughs> but listen, you have defenses like the Seahawks. They are awful. Yes. And this is what I, we've had this discussion before. The NFC this year, in, in the NFC, there's no team like the 49ers last year that is clearly the best. You know, you have the Packers who, yeah, had, have had their slip-ups, but the Buccaneers have had their slip-ups. The Saints have had their slip-ups. I mean, the Packers beat them. The Seahawks have had their slip-ups. The Cardinals lost again today to the Patriots. 
I mean, the NFC is completely up for grabs, and the Saints are nine and two. They're the one seed right now. Packers are eight and three. Seahawks can get to eight and three with a win tomorrow night. And honestly, you'd probably take the Saints defense over over the Packers, but it's a toss up when it comes to the playoffs. And and this defense tonight, what we saw is the defense that the Packers had last year. They're going to give up their chunk plays. They're going to give up their points. They're going to give up their garbage time yardage. But last year is when they got that timely sack, that timely interception. And through most of this season, they haven't made those turnover-type plays and those impact-type plays, save for a couple, like a Zedaria Smith sack recovery or, or forced fumble recovery against the Saints and the 49ers. But plays like tonight where they do give up yards and they do give up plays – um, and then Darnell Savage has two picks, and Preston has the fumble return for a touchdown. That's really all this defense needs to do. If you have an offense like this one that's so good and can hang 41 on one of the best defenses in the league, you just need a defense that can do enough. And the Bayers can march down the field all they want, but then if the Packers can come up with that timely interception in the end zone, that's all you need. And Mike Patton's going to keep his job as long as this team keeps winning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much you have to, excuse me, and I'm going to choke like you did last week. Yeah, the, <laughs> the fire putting hashtag will live forever. Um, forever. But you're right. You know, the, the only, the, the obvious caveat here is it was Mitchell Trubisky this week. Yeah. In San Francisco, it was Nick Mullins. So, I mean, that is, that is the obvious, but if you can just get a couple timely stops, especially if you can get a couple timely stops in the first half and Green Bay can, you know, take a couple touchdown lead. Then it makes the other team predictable, and then then you're really in the driver's seat. So, yeah, um, it, it's a winning formula. It's it's not a perfect formula, but it's it's you can there's there are a lot worse. Of Seattle's formula, like you said, that's that's a bad dude, formula. The Packers aren't that, in bad shape. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know against this, you say Trubisky and Nick Mullins, and they've also played pretty well against some good quarterbacks like Matt Ryan and the Falcons' offense mm-hmm. dropped 40, 43 on the Raiders today. They shut down them. Um, they shut down Drew Brees pretty much. It, Alvin Kamara did Kamara did most of the work in that game. Um, Matthew Stafford they've played well against. He's really underrated. They've played well against some really good quarterbacks this year, and and all they need, like like against Russell Wilson in the playoffs last year, all they need is their offense to go off and their defense to just do enough. And I I think they'll be all right. I would say. You know, I said this a couple weeks ago at the midpoint of the season. I would pick the Packers to come out of the NFC um, and, and reach the Super Bowl in Tampa, and I, and I still would. After tonight, I, I really still would. Before we get to reader questions, let's take a look ahead at, at the final five games and, and what those have in store for Green Bay. Next Sunday, Philadelphia here. Then they have a trip to the Detroit Lions, who just fired their head coach and GM. Then they host the Carolina Panthers. Then they host the Titans in primetime here at Lambeau. And then they visit the Bears in Week 17. Last year, the the Packers won out, won six straight. To get the number one seed, they might have to do the same. But Derrick Henry coming in here could be a nightmare. Um, But other than that, I don't see any. The Packers pretty much have the NFC North locked up. They have a three-game lead with five games to go. Um, all three teams in the well, the Vikings won today, but they're still three games back. This is a pretty easy on paper. It should be a relatively easy finish to the season. What do you think an appropriate uh, prediction for their final record would be? I say I think they'll finish twelve and four, but 
I would not be shocked if they finish 13 and three again. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it'll be that Tennessee game is going to be really interesting mm-hmm. um, because that will be the one where the Packers will sell to stop the run. I mean, I realize that Tannehill and <coughs> geez Louise, anyways. I realize that Tannehill is a good quarterback and, you know, they got some weapons, but I mean, that's the game where you're going to pile up and try to stop the running game. Um, they haven't done it this year, but they haven't had to. This will be a different game and it'll be home. The weather's going to be crappy, presumably. That's going to be really interesting to me. And, you know, I, I, on my computer, I'm, I'm looking at the Saints schedule because it's obviously it's Green Bay against New Orleans for number one. New Orleans is at Atlanta, at Philly, home against Kansas City. Home against Minnesota at Carolina. So the questions are, Is when, when does Drew Brees get back? And if they do lose to KC, is there another loss in there? So if Green Bay does, say, lose to Tennessee, is there a second loss in there for the for uh, for the Saints where they can both finish 12-4 and four and Green Bay gets a tiebreaker? So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And as crazy as this season has been, the constant has been the Green Bay Packers remaining in the playoff race. Now let's get to some of your questions. We got a couple tonight. Yeah, I, I, while I dig up a couple here, I, I you know you, you mentioned that great sack stat. Not coincidentally, Aaron Rodgers has ten games with passer ratings over 105. That's not, not hard to find out which ones those are. When he does not get pressured, he goes crazy. Yep. All right, here we go from Mike Genre. I think one his. LaFleur definitely seems like a home run hire, but will he be able to get the most out of his defense? Perfect segue from just what we're talking about. Yeah, I think it's more of Mike Pett needing to get the most out of the defense. But I think when you say the most, the most is giving up 20 to 24 points a game and coming up with a couple turnovers. And like I've said, tonight was that. And you're not going to get a Packers defense that holds the other team to 10 points and sacks the quarterback eight times and doesn't and allows less than 200 yards, they're going to give up their chunk plays over the middle, especially if they take a big lead because they, they play soft after that. But you're going to get a team that has a shutdown corner in Jair Alexander, a team that generates steady pressure, and I thought the Smiths and Rashawn Gary did that a lot better tonight, albeit against a Bears offensive line that isn't that great. You know, you're going to have middle linebackers who let up chunk plays over the middle. It, this is the Packers defense everyone has come to know and love over the years. But the best you guys can hope for, the best um, version that Mike Pettin can get out of this defense is an opportunistic one that, that comes up with a timely takeaway when you need it most and, and makes you pull out your hair because they only do that after they let the other team march down the field. Yeah, I thought the two big things tonight were, were, the, were the Smith brothers stepping up because, I mean, we've talked about this several times that if, if those guys don't play like they did last year, these guys have no chance. So that was encouraging tonight, a combined five quarterback hits. And Darnell Savage, we had we, we talked, what, two or three weeks ago about where's Darnell Savage? Where, 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 where is this guy with the big-time speed and the hitting ability and, and all these things we were told about? Where has that been? Well, that first interception in particular was a big-time play. And so if the Smiths can keep, Producing pressure like tonight and, and Savage, maybe tonight's a sign of things to come. You know, I think they got a fighting chance at it. Yeah. Cecilia Bugface says. A loyal question asker. Yes. In light of your bold sweatsuit. I should have saved this one for last. God darn, I'm tired. In light of your bold sweatsuit you wore to practice, which player style would you most like to rock? Ooh, that's a great question. Which player's style? That's a fantastic question. You know, 
Zadarius Smith wore a Louis Vuitton maroon jacket on the plane to Indianapolis last week. I probably couldn't pull that off, but um, let's see. Jamal Williams is fun because he wears like boxers to games, I guess. I probably shouldn't do that and probably would get kicked out of the press box if I did that. <laughs> I will say, you know, Devontae Adams told me on a Zoom call this week that I should get a gold track suit. Now, I was looking at gold tracksuits online, and if I bought one of those and wore it, I'd have to kick my own ass. And if I didn't kick my own ass, I would expect uh, one of you guys or a player to kick my ass for me. I could not pull that off. Appreciate Devontae having that faith in me, but um, you know, I'll stick to that one blue tracksuit. Probably won't pull it out again the rest of the season because you can only wear that once in a blue moon. You know, I'll just stick with my sweatshirt and sweatpants during the week and then and then a nice suit during the game. We've got to stay within my boundaries. I have no style whatsoever. Benny says, the defense did well overall, but should it be concerning that they had still had trouble having constant pressure? Yeah, I mean, what the biggest, my biggest takeaway from the defense tonight, and I apologize, I was just searching for the right words here. My biggest takeaway from the defense tonight was, you know, that Preston Smith came to play. Yes, yeah, Savage was in right position, but you know, I wrote about how Rashawn Gary should play more than Preston Smith, and Preston Smith has been non-existent this season. And Mike Smith said this week he's not rushing the way I want him to rush. I know he was it was just right place, right time when he picked up that fumble, but he had a sack. He, uh, I, I saw him pressuring the quarterback a lot more, and that's what they need. You know. They've played a lot of immobile quarterbacks this year. Brady, Rivers, Stafford, Cousins, who they haven't forced outside the pocket. So I was a little wary of what was going to happen tonight when you have a quarterback that can move around and what's going to happen if the quarterbacks that you have to force outside the pocket, you don't. I'm getting all st- it's 1:30 in the morning. What I'm saying is a quarterback who can move should have given this defense problems based on how little pressure they got on quarterbacks who can't move earlier in the season. There we go. But they did well and and I think the Packers really have three dependable edge rushers when they're all on their game and that can be dangerous for for anyone down the stretch. Yeah, good point. I mean, I, Trubisky can run. I, I was I, I was wondering how much he didn't run because of the shoulder injury. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not around the Bears. I have no idea if he's 80%, 90%, or 100%, but Trubisky on the move did not hurt them one bit. Um, Benny says, talking about the Robert Tanyan touchdown, this is a really good question here. Could he be the Packers' most underrated player? I think Billy Turner is the most underrated player. We kind of touched on it earlier just because um, – Offensive linemen maybe get overlooked sometimes and just how bad Billy Turner was last season and how important he's been this season, shutting down guys like Khalil Mack and, and switching positions. So I would say Billy Turner. But, yeah, Robert Tunyon definitely up there. He, he gets open a lot. And you wouldn't assume that uh, of a guy of his stature and, and doesn't seem particularly fast, but he has seven touchdown catches this season, the, the most dynamic tight end threat Rodgers has had since Jermichael Finley, and Tunyon seems like he can stay healthy. Um, a real weapon in this offense and a really good route runner, too. Yeah, I, I have to go with Turner, too, just because I expected so little of him last year, to be honest with you. Um, just to kind of throw a different name, Jandon Sullivan. Yeah. Um, he played pretty well last year in part-time duty, but when's the last time you've actually thought of Jandon Sullivan? Which is like the best thing you can ever say for a defensive back. You, you, don't, you don't know that he's out there <laughs> at the time. So he's, he's really done a good job taking away those slack guys 
most weeks. Um, Mason wants to know, will the Packers ever let Tim Boyle show off that cannon? Or are we forever <laughs> going to see handoffs, coin toss Ws, and a victory formation? Uh, he's taken a lot of coin toss Ls this yes, year. Yes, he has. Um, you know, it looked like Tim Boyle was going to come in there early in the fourth quarter, but then the Packers' defense just kept letting the Bears score. So it got to a point where it was a 16-point game there late in the game, and you can't really put your backup quarterback in in a two-possession game. It was 41-10 to 10 there for a little bit, then 41-17, then 41-25. So there were two series where I thought we were going to see Tim Boyle. And listen, Tim Boyle has never completed a pass in the NFL. He dropped back for a pass against the Buccaneers, but then kind of scrambled and fumbled the ball and fell on it. So the day we get to see Tim Boyle spin it will be a great day in all of our lives. It's uh... – <laughs> I'm looking. He's rushed ten times for minus six yards. I mean, come on, you got to do better than that, right? I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, guy, totally drawing. It is really late. I got puppies, <laughs> and I am not sleeping very much. Yeah, so let's not, talk about those. So, it, tell me about the puppies. We got nine golden retriever puppies, and it's uh, they bark a lot at night because they're they're still blind. So it's a lot of. <laughs> And it's, uh, I did not get much sleep, so I'm on. I'm not doing very well here. Um, you got any questions over the mat? I know you're. I, I cut you off at one point. One point. You got anything? Okay, from Spencer. Spencer S Z Y. How much changed with the Lambo experience? Sounds like roll out the barrel and the beer race happened. But what about the attendance game? Any of the fans attempt doing the wave? <laughs> That's <laughs> that, a funny question. That would be funny, you know, right? Because that, it, there was two sections of fans. There's they're kind of between the 30s. And there's like nobody from the 20s all the way around the end zone. So that have been a weird looking wave. I'm not sure how you'd have pulled that off. But you know, as odd as it sounds, LaFleur mentioned it in his post-game soliloquy he gives us. He mentioned it right away. The the 300 fans in attendance he thought made a difference. Um, I don't know. Did it make a difference? Who knows? What would you think of uh, how it was tonight? I know we were joking that Rodgers makes the request for the beer races and the roll out the barrel and they happen. And he still runs this place. But... I thought it was nice to see fans in the stands. Obviously, um, we couldn't really hear them. They're only about a couple hundred. But, you know, after how crazy and, and crappy this year has been, it was nice to see some fans in the stands. Yeah, so the plan, if you guys don't know, is they're going to do the same thing against Philly next week. Uh, three, five, 300, 500 um, Packers employees and their immediate families, all socially distanced. And if all goes well... Then those last two home games, um, was it Tennessee and Carolina? Carolina and Tennessee, and yeah, that's the or Carolina and Tennessee. Maybe there'd be fans here, and they're talking maybe up to 10,000. So these are kind of the two trial runs, and if all goes well, um, they'll have a real legitimate number of fans here for the, for the stretch run. That would be exciting. I mean, obviously, first and foremost is everyone's safety, no doubt, and you know, it's no secret that Brown County in Wisconsin is not the best spot for for uh, doing that kind of stuff, given how high the coronavirus case rate and positive case rate continues to be. But, you know, if it's if it's safe, it would be awesome to see fans here. It's amazing. The NFC North is the top three teams. The NFLPA has that list of of yeah. uh, it's cases by per hundred thousand and Minnesota's number one, Green Bay two, Chicago three. Just kind of shows that the Midwest has been hammered. I agree. Well, hey, that's a good note to end on. Philly next week. It's uplifting, isn't it? It's uplifting. Listen, wear your mask. A vaccine is on the way, I think. I'm no scientist, but I've read some stuff. 
Vaccines on the way. Eagles are coming to town. Packers are eight and three, first place in the division. Can't ask for anything else if you're a Packer fan. So, as always, you can read Bill over on SI. You can read me on The Athletic. For him, me, our fantastic producer, Danielle, we will catch you guys next week. And thank you, as always, for listening.